You are tuned into Lifestyle Tea Podcast. I am the host, Marquita. Today is Book Club Vibe Monday. Yes, I hope that everyone is having a wonderful day. And thank you once again for pressing that play button. Okay, so y'all, I know I'm like a week late, okay? And I'm going to share some tea with you all before we finish off The Richest Man in Babylon. We will be finishing off The Richest Man in Babylon, Chapter 17 and 18, okay? Um, if everyone will please go to all the major platforms that Lifestyle Tea Podcast is on, which is Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and many, many more. And go and subscribe so you can know when I come with that tea. And also review uh, I love engagement. I know y'all like, oh, Marquita, always say that, but it's true. Like, I love engagement. We a village. Let me know. Give me some suggestions. Or let me know how you feel about it. Or just whatever it may be. You know, a review means so much. Also, if you go to the bottom of the about page you'll be able to see how to send me a voice review i like to hear the voice messages it'd be cute or whatever i'll put it in my other podcast you know the next episode so anyway that was like my ghetto woman let's let's get back into it right ah let's get back into it so you already know i like my quotes right i do like my quotes no matter what happens Or how bad it seems today. Life goes on. And it will be better tomorrow. And I'm like yes. I want to read it again. And this once again is by Maya Angelou. I am actually (laughs) y'all. For those people that's been rocking with me. Y'all going to be laughing right. I am actually on um inspiration quotes number 27 and she has about a hundred of these in the book you know (laughs) but so that y'all know i'm on 27 now okay that was the 27 quote but anywho as i was stating i want to read it again i want to read it for me and maybe if somebody else needed to hear it again okay listen no matter what happens Or how bad it seems today. Life goes on. And it will be better tomorrow. Amen. Amen. So let me get it together. Y'all do know that when we are having the book club vibe moments. And this is actually the first time with this book. Your girl is not reading. For anybody that don't know me, y'all are just now joining. Hey, I don't do the reading, okay? Um, I used to, and I loved it, and I still love to read. But sometimes I want to sit back and hear somebody reading to me. You know, and write down my notes and do what I have to do, right? So, I have been trying to switch it up a little bit. And we listen to audio. Audio is pretty good. Um, And then, of course, I give my statements on how I felt about it. And we continue to listen to audio. That is what it is. Once again, this book is The Richest Man in Babylon. We are on chapter 17 and 18. We're almost done, okay? We're almost done. Let me set this up. As I stated, I I really use two devices, y'all. And I'm trying to get better at it. But, hey, your girl got to use... The things she can use, right? The devices I can use, I have to use it. Like, that it is what it is. It is what it is. Let me see. Hold on. 
clay tablets from Babylon. St. Swithin's College, Nottingham University, Newark on Trent, Nottingham. Professor Franklin Caldwell, care of British Scientific Expedition, Hilla, Mesopotamia. October 21st, 1934. My dear Professor, the five clay tablets from your recent excavation in the ruins of Babylon arrived on the same boat with your letter. I've been fascinated no end and have spent many pleasant hours translating their inscriptions. I should have answered your letter at once, but delayed until I could complete the translations which are attached. The tablets arrived without damage, thanks to your careful use of preservatives and excellent packing. You will be as astonished as we in the laboratory at the story they relate. One expects the dim and distant past to speak of romance and adventure, Arabian Nights sort of things, you know when instead it discloses the problem of a person named Dabasir to pay off his debts, one realizes that conditions upon this old world have not changed as much in 5,000 years as one might expect. It's odd, you know, but these old inscriptions rather rage me, as the students say. Being a college professor, I am supposed to be a thinking human being possessing a working knowledge of most subjects. Yet here comes this old chap out of the dust-covered ruins of Babylon to offer a way I'd never heard of to pay off my debts and at the same time acquire gold to jingle in my wallet. Pleasant thought, I say, and interesting to prove whether it will work as well nowadays as it did in old Babylon. Mrs. Shrewsbury and myself are planning to try out his plan upon our own affairs, which could be much improved. Wishing you the best of luck in your worthy undertaking and waiting eagerly another opportunity to assist. I am yours sincerely, Alfred H. Shrewsbury, Department of Archaeology. Tablet number one. Now when the moon becometh full, I, Dabasir, who am but recently returned from slavery in Syria, with the determination to pay my many just debts and become a man of means worthy of respect in my native city of Babylon, to hear engrave upon the clay a permanent record of my affairs to guide and assist me in carrying me through my high desires. Under the wise advice of my good friend Mathon, the gold lender, I am determined to follow an exact plan that he doth say will lead any honorable man out of debt into means and self-respect. This plan includeth three purposes which are my hope and desire. First, the plan doth provide for my future prosperity. Therefore, one-tenth of all I earn shall be set aside as my own to keep. For Mathon speaketh wisely when he saith, That man who keepeth in his purse both gold and silver that he need not spend is good to his family and loyal to his king. The man who hath but a few coppers in his purse is indifferent to his family and indifferent to his king. But the man who hath naught in his purse is unkind to his family and is disloyal to his king, for his own heart is bitter. Therefore, the man who wisheth to achieve must have coin that he may keep to jingle in his purse, that he have in his heart love for his family and loyalty to his king. Second, the plan doth provide that I shall support and clothe my good wife, who hath returned to me with loyalty from the house of her father. For Mathon doth say that to take good care of a faithful wife putteth self-respect into the heart of a man and addeth strength and determination to his purposes. Therefore, seven-tenths of all I earn shall be used to provide a home, 
clothes to wear and food to eat, with a bit extra to spend that our lives be not lacking in pleasure and enjoyment. But he doth further enjoin the greatest care that we spend not greater than seven-tenths of what I earn for these worthy purposes. Herein lieth the success of the plan. I must live upon this portion and never use more nor buy what I may not pay for out of this portion. Tablet number two. Third, the plan doth provide that out of my earnings my debts shall be paid. Therefore, each time the moon is full, two-tenths of all I have earned shall be divided honorably and fairly among those who have trusted me and to whom I am indebted. Thus in due time will all my indebtedness be surely paid. Therefore do I here engrave the name of every man to whom I am indebted and the honest amount of my debt. Faru, the cloth weaver, two silver, six copper. Sinjar, the couch maker, one silver. Akmar, my friend, three silver, one copper. Zankar, my friend, four silver, seven copper. Askamir, my friend, one silver, three copper. Harinsir, the jewel maker, six silver, two copper. Diarbekir, my father's friend, four silver, one copper. Al-Kahad, the house owner, fourteen silver. Mathan, the gold lender, seven silver. Birajik, the farmer, one silver, seven copper. To these creditors do I owe in total 119 pieces of silver and 141 pieces of copper. Because I did owe these sums and saw no way to repay, in my folly I did permit my wife to return to her father, and did leave my native city and seek easy wealth elsewhere, only to find it disaster, and to see myself sold into the degradation of slavery. Now that Mathon doth show me how I can repay my debts in small sums of my earnings, do I realize the great extent of my folly in running away from the results of my extravagances. Therefore have I visited my creditors and explained to them that I have no resources with which to pay except my ability to earn, and that I intend to apply two-tenths of all I earn upon my indebtedness evenly and honestly. This much can I pay, but no more. Therefore, if they be patient in time, my obligations will be paid in full. Akmar, whom I thought my best friend, reviled me bitterly, and I left him in humiliation. Birajik, the farmer, pleaded that I pay him first, as he didst badly need help. Al-Kahad, the house owner, was indeed disagreeable and insisted that he would make me trouble unless I didst soon settle in full with him. All the rest willingly accepted my proposal. Therefore am I more determined than ever to carry through, being convinced that it is easier to pay one's just debts than to avoid them. Even though I cannot meet the needs and demands of a few of my creditors, I will deal impartially with all. Tablet number four. Again, the moon shines full. I have worked hard with a free mind. My good wife hath supported my intentions to pay my creditors. Because of our wise determination, I have earned during the past moon, buying camels of sound wind and good legs for Nebatur, the sum of nineteen pieces of silver. This I have divided according to the plan. One-tenth have I set aside to keep as my own. Seven-tenths have I divided with my good wife to pay for our living. Two-tenths I have divided among my creditors as evenly as could be done in coppers. I did not see Akmar, but left it with his wife. Birajik was so pleased he would kiss my hand. 
Old Alcahad alone was grouchy and said I must pay faster, to which I replied that if I were permitted to be well-fed and not worried, that alone would enable me to pay faster. All the others thanked me and spoke well of my efforts. Therefore, at the end of one moon, my indebtedness is reduced by almost four pieces of silver, and I possess almost two pieces of silver besides, upon which no man hath claim. My heart is lighter than it hath been for a long time. Again the moon shines full. I have worked hard, but with poor success. Few camels have I been able to buy. Only eleven pieces of silver have I earned. Nevertheless, my good wife and I have stood by the plan, even though we have bought no new raiment and eaten little but herbs. Again, I paid ourselves one-tenth of the eleven pieces, while we lived upon seven-tenths. I was surprised when Akmar commended my payment, even though small. So did Birajik. Alcahad flew into a rage, but when told to give back his portion if he did not wish it, he became reconciled. The others, as before, were content. Again, the moon shines full and I am greatly rejoiced. I intercepted a fine herd of camels and bought many sound ones. Therefore, my earnings were 42 pieces of silver. This moon, my wife and myself have bought much needed sandals and raiment. Also, we have dined well on meat and fowl. More than eight pieces of silver we have paid to our creditors. Even Alcahad did not protest. Great is the plan, for it leadeth us out of debt and giveth us wealth which is ours to keep. Three times the moon had been full since I last carved upon this clay. Each time I paid to myself one-tenth of all I earned. Each time my good wife and I have lived upon seven-tenths, even though at times it was difficult. Each time I have paid to my creditors two-tenths. In my purse I now have twenty-one pieces of silver that are mine. It maketh my head to stand straight upon my shoulders, and maketh me proud to walk among my friends. My wife keepeth well our home and is becomingly gowned. We are happy to live together. The plan is of untold value. Hath it not made an honorable man of an ex-slave? Tablet number five. Again the moon shines full, and I remember that it is long since I carved upon the clay. Twelve moons in truth have come and gone, but this day I will not neglect my record because upon this day I have paid the last of my debts. This is the day upon which my good wife and my thankful self celebrate with great feasting that our determination hath been achieved. Many things occurred upon my final visit to my creditors that I shall long remember. Akmar begged my forgiveness for his unkind words and said that I was one of all others he most desired for a friend. Old Alcahad is not so bad after all, for he said, Thou wert once a piece of soft clay to be pressed and molded by any hand that touched thee, but now thou art a piece of bronze capable of holding an edge. If thou needst silver or gold at any time, come to me. Nor is he the only one who holdeth me in high regard. Many others speak deferentially to me. My good wife looketh upon me with a light in her eyes that doth make a man have confidence in himself. Yet it is the plan that hath made my success. It hath enabled me to pay all my debts and to jingle both gold and silver in my purse. I do commend it to all who wish to get ahead. For truly, if it will enable an ex-slave to pay his debts and have gold in his purse, will it not aid any man to find independence?
Nor am I myself finished with it, for I am convinced that if I follow it further, it will make me rich among men. Since Swithin's College, Nottingham University, Newark-on-Trent, Nottingham. Professor Franklin Caldwell, care of British Scientific Expedition, Hilla, Mesopotamia, November 7th, 1936. My dear Professor, if in your further digging into those ruins of Babylon, you encounter the ghost of a former resident, an old camel trader named Dabasir, do me a favor. Tell him that his scribbling upon those clay tablets so long ago has earned for him the lifelong gratitude of a couple of college folks back here in England. You will possibly remember my writing a year ago that Mrs. Shrewsbury and myself intended to try his plan for getting out of debt and at the same time having gold to jingle. You may have guessed, even though we tried to keep it from our friends, our desperate straits. We were frightfully humiliated for years by a lot of old debts worried sick for fear some of the tradespeople might start a scandal that would force me out of the college. We paid and paid every shilling we could squeeze out of income, but it was hardly enough to hold things even. Besides, we were forced to do all our buying where we could get further credit regardless of higher costs. It developed into one of those vicious circles that grow worse instead of better. Our struggles were getting hopeless. We could not move to less costly rooms because we owed the landlord. There did not appear to be anything we could do to improve our situation. Then here comes your acquaintance, the old camel trader from Babylon, with a plan to do just what we wished to accomplish. He jolly well stirred us up to follow his system. We made a list of all our debts, and I took it around and showed it to everyone we owed. I explained how it was simply impossible for me to ever pay them the way things were going along. They could readily see this themselves from the figures. Then I explained that the only way I sought to pay them in full was to set aside 20% of my income each month to be divided pro rata, which would pay them in full in a little over two years. That in the meantime, we would go on a cash basis and give them the further benefit of our cash purchases. They were really quite decent. Our greengrocer, a wise old chap, put it in a way that helped to bring around the rest. If you pay for all you buy and then pay some on what you owe, that is better than you have done. Or he ain't paid down the account none in three years. Finally, I secured all their names to an agreement binding them not to molest us as long as the 20% of income was paid regularly. So I'm going to be honest with y'all. When it comes to this chapter, it basically summed up the entire book. If y'all were not able to listen to the different chapters, I would strongly recommend that you listen to this episode again so you can hear the breakdown of the game he's trying to give you. And that comes from saving money, from taking care of your debt, from making money, from not making any crazy decisions. So yeah, I would really recommend to go over this episode again but hold on let's go ahead let's go ahead and get to chapter eight i mean ooh, let's go ahead and get to chapter 18 hello a1 custom family i wanted to share some news with you all so a1 custom shop does have a live shop on tiktok we will be going live throughout the week the schedule is not out yet as to when we will be on live but i am super 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 excited excited okay super excited the link 
for the A1 Custom Live TikTok shop is in the About page. You go to the bottom of the About page, there's going to be a link with Linktree. Click on that Linktree link, and then you will have an option to choose the TikTok account. Go to our TikTok account at the bottom of the page, and you'll be able to see our shop. Once again, we do go live, so I'm super, super excited. Join us, family. Join us as we create custom attire on live while vibing. Super, super excited. Okay, so let's go ahead and go over chapter 18, okay? Let's go ahead. One moment. Let me play. One evening, Swasti came to me in deep distress. Thy master is in trouble. I fear for him. Some months ago, he lost much at the gaming tables. He pays not the farmer for his grain nor his honey. He pays not the money lender. They are angry and threaten him. Why should we worry over his folly? We are not his keepers, I replied thoughtlessly. Foolish youth, thou understandeth not. To the money lender didst he give thy title to secure a loan. Under the law he can claim thee and sell thee. I know not what to do. He is a good master. Why, oh, why should such trouble come upon him? Nor were Swasti's fears groundless. While I was doing the baking next morning, the moneylender returned with a man he called Sassi. This man looked me over and said I would do. The moneylender waited not for my master to return, but told Swasti to tell him he had taken me. With only the robe on my back and the purse of pennies hanging safely from my belt, I was hurried away from the unfinished baking. I was whirled away from my dearest hopes as the hurricane snatches the tree from the forest and casts it into the surging sea. Again, a gaming house and barley beer had caused me disaster. Sassi was a blunt, gruff man. As he led me across the city, I told him of the good work I had been doing for Nana Naid and said I hoped to do good work for him. His reply offered no encouragement. I like not this work. My master likes it not. The king has told him to send me to build a section of the Grand Canal. Master tells Sassi to buy more slaves, work hard and finish quick. Bah, how can any man finish a big job quick? Picture a desert with not a tree, just low shrubs and a sun burning with such fury the water in our barrels became so hot we could scarcely drink it. Then picture rows of men going down into the deep excavation and lugging heavy baskets of dirt up soft, dusty trails from daylight until dark. Picture food served in open troughs from which we helped ourselves like swine. We had no tents, no straw for beds. That was the situation in which I found myself. I buried my wallet in a marked spot, wondering if I would ever dig it up again. At first I worked with goodwill, but as the months dragged on, I felt my spirit breaking. Then the heat fever took hold of my weary body. I lost my appetite and could scarcely eat the mutton and vegetables. At night I would toss in unhappy wakefulness. In my misery, I wondered if Zabado had not the best plan to shirk and keep his back from being broken in work. Then I recalled my last sight of him and knew his plan was not good. I thought of Pirate with his bitterness and wondered if it might be just as well to fight and kill. The
memory of his bleeding body reminded me that his plan was also useless. Then I remembered my last sight of Megiddo. His hands were deeply calloused from hard work, but his heart was light and there was happiness on his face. His was the best plan. Yet I was just as willing to work as Megiddo. He could not have worked harder than I. Why did not my work bring me happiness and success? Was it work that brought Megiddo happiness, or was happiness and success merely in the laps of the gods? Was I to work the rest of my life without gaining my desires, without happiness and success? All of these questions were jumbled in my mind, and I had not an answer. Indeed, I was sorely confused. Several days later, when it seemed that I was at the end of my endurance and my questions still unanswered, Sasi sent for me. A messenger had come from my master to take me back to Babylon. I dug up my precious wallet, wrapped myself in the tattered remnants of my robe, and was on my way. As we rode, the same thoughts of a hurricane whirling me hither and thither kept racing through my feverish brain. I seemed to be living the weird words of a chant from my native town of Harun, besetting a man like a whirlwind, driving him like a storm, whose course no one can foliate, whose destiny no one can foretell. Was I destined to be ever thus punished for I knew not what? What new miseries and disappointments awaited me? When we rode to the courtyard of my master's house, imagine my surprise when I saw Arad Gula awaiting me. He helped me down and hugged me like a long-lost brother. As we went our way, I would have followed him as a slave should follow his master, but he would not permit me. He put his arm about me, saying, I hunted everywhere for thee. When I had almost given up hope, I did meet Swasti, who told me of the moneylender, who directed me to thy noble owner. A hard bargain he did drive and made me pay an outrageous price, but thou art worth it. Thy philosophy and thy enterprise have been my inspiration to this new success. Megiddo's philosophy, not mine, I interrupted. Megiddo's and thine. Thanks to thee both, we are going to Damascus, and I need thee for my partner. See, he exclaimed, in one moment thou wilt be a free man. So saying, he drew from beneath his robe the clay tablet carrying my title. This he raised above his head and hurled it to break in a hundred pieces upon the cobblestone. With glee, he stamped upon the fragments until they were but dust. Tears of gratitude filled my eyes. I knew I was the luckiest man in Babylon. Work, thou see, by this, in the time of my greatest distress, didst prove to be my best friend. My willingness to work enabled me to escape from being sold to join the slave gangs upon the walls. It also so impressed thy grandfather, he selected me for his partner. Then Hadan Gula questioned, Was work my grandfather's secret key to the golden shekels? It was the only key he had when I first knew him, Sharunada replied. Thy grandfather enjoyed working. The gods appreciated his efforts and rewarded him liberally. I begin to see Hadan Gula was speaking thoughtfully. Work attracted his many friends who admired his industry and the success it brought. Work brought him the honors he enjoyed so much in Damascus. Work brought him all those things I have approved. And I thought work was fit only for slaves. 
Life is rich with many pleasures for men to enjoy, Sharunada commented. Each has its place. I am glad that work is not reserved for slaves. Were that the case, I would be deprived of my greatest pleasure. Many things do I enjoy, but nothing takes the place of work. Sharunada and Hadangula rode in the shadows of the towering walls up to the massive bronze gates of Babylon. At their approach, the gate guards jumped to attention and respectfully saluted an honored citizen. With head held high, Sharunada led the long caravan through the gates and up the streets of the city. I have always hoped to be a man like my grandfather, Hadangula confided to him. Never before did I realize just what kind of man he was. This thou hast shown me. Now that I understand, I do admire him all the more and feel more determined to be like him. I fear I can never repay thee for giving me the true key to his success. From this day forth I shall use his key. I shall start humbly as he started, which befits my true station better than jewels and fine robes. So saying, Hadangula pulled the jeweled baubles from his ears and the rings from his fingers. Then, reining his horse, he dropped back and rode with deep respect behind the leader of the caravan. Okay, okay. So, that is all of the richest men in Babylon. Okay, once again... I, like I told y'all, I like reading or whatever, and I like listening to people read to me. However, I mean, let's just be honest. When it comes to game giving, it's not supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be game giving. We're supposed to have a piece of paper down writing all the game that we found, right? Or sitting back just getting the game in our brains, okay? I know y'all like, what is Marquita talking about? Look, Marquita's talking about... I'm glad this book is over. <laughs> I got some good game for it. I um, even did a challenge with saving it. So, hey, good book, great book. I would really, if y'all know someone who needs help saving or handling money, you know, then, hey, man, say, tell them to read this book or listen to this book, okay? Tell them to listen to this book. As I stated once before, my audio books and my books, period, they come from Kindle. Kindle is through Amazon. Um, I only mess with Kindle, so that's the only person. Am I affiliated with them? No. But do I buy from them? Yes. Okay. So, once again, Kindle is pretty, pretty good. As I wanted to let you all know, since it is towards the end, today is Monday, August the 14th. Okay. I, your girl's been busy. I told you I was going to tell y'all to tea. I just had to get all this stuff out the way, right? However, I have been busy. I do apologize for not being here last week. And I say that because I know it's someone out there that likes to listen to what I bring, right? I mean, to me, my content is pretty good. It's pretty, like, natural type of not writing anything down type of good. That's just my personality, right? So, with all of that stuff being said, all that sweet stuff being said, I am going to let you all know by the end of this month, by the end of August, y'all will know what book we're going to read for the month of September. 
I don't know if you all like it, but I know I like it. I want it to be an audio book again, but I want it to be a good audio book that makes us want to listen to whoever that's reading it read, right? So that's what I am striving for, striving for a good audio, kind of thugged out book. Yes, I do like the little gangster book sometimes um, for the month of September. However, we do have two more weeks in the month of August, so for the next two weeks, I love Zane. I have a diary um, Zane book. If anybody knows Zane, y'all know what I mean. Zane brings it in. You know, Zane, Zane be on that ground and nasty, okay? If you listen to a Zane book, all the kids need to be away from you. All the kids need to be away from you, honey. And I will be reading that book because it's nothing but letters that people send to her and she respond back. And it's all kind of topics when it comes to the adult bedroom. Okay, so y'all just make sure y'all know Monday is going down. It's going down next Monday with a little bit of Zane while I see which book I want to bring out. And I'm going to be honest you know, and no sympathy, but like when I bring out the audio book, it's not free. I actually have to pay for it. You know, I use Kindle and I pay for it just so we can have books to read. You know, so if you are wanting to do any treats or anything, I have the cash app that's at the bottom of the about page. Okay. Just so I can have time and, you know, not have time, but have the funds because, you know, sister girl is well low. You know, make sure y'all listen to that episode that's coming out on Wednesday. Sister Girl is well low to the flow. Okay, and as I'm well low, I'm also growing too. So it's just both positive and negative. It's just life. Just lifestyle tea. Lifestyle tea, baby. <laughs> and I say that to make myself feel better because, you know, anywho, y'all, anywho, anywho. Want to have any type of gifting or anything? Once again, the cash app link is at the bottom of the about page that will go towards the books. Once again, the audio books are not free, okay? Any of their books are free, they do have a free section, and I don't like the books in the free section, but hey, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Once again, I will be back on here on Wednesday. Have a great night, y'all. I'm 